begin. Hey everyone, this is Zach Jenkins and Matt Sibley with Legion Quest. Uh, how you doing today, Matt? I'm doing okay. Like I had uh, this is like my day off in the kind of week for school stuff, so I just had like a few errands to run. It's you know kind of late my time now, but relaxing. yeah, that, yeah. I, I got off work not that long ago, and I'll tell you, I had the opposite. Opposite whole experience, <laughs> but we're here. We're going to be talking about Legion. I guess this is this is our first official episode. That yeah, sound, yeah. Right. Some people will have heard the other one, maybe. But yeah, yeah. There's like 15 people in the world who have access to it. If you go to the Patreon for Xavier Files, but Those we'll plug guys. all that stuff at the end. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is Legion Quest. It's going to be a podcast covering the new show on FX, Legion. Uh, it's based on an. I don't want to say obscure, but pretty minor X-Men character that... Like low B tier? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, he's been around for a while, and we're actually going to get into the history of the character in just a bit. But I guess first off, a little bit of background. Uh, my name is Zachary Jenkins. You might be familiar with me from Xavier Files. It's a website where I go and do... Uh, articles cataloging every mutant ever and i rank them on a definitive list that will settle all arguments about who's the best i think that's that's about the uh that's the, about the gist of it and matt you are uh no, like i'm not doing a website in the same way that you are obviously <laughs> but I, right, I, right. I think this is at the time we're recording this is like my third month of working for newsarama okay so you know doing reviews that's been fun and then yeah, I don't, I don't know whether people like recognize the name, but with any luck, one day they will. <laughs> no, that'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah, so we're just going to jump right into it. For this uh, episode, it's coming out right before the show comes out the first week in February. And we want to just do a primer on Legion as a character, Legion as a show, kind of what we're expecting from it. And we'll uh, see from there. So the first thing I want to go and this is actually a passage from the bible uh this is where the name legion comes from and it's a really interesting thing i think it really sets the tone for the whole character you know from the comics all the way through what uh, noah halley's about to be doing on the show so this is coming from mark chapter five they went across the lake to the region of the gadarenes when jesus got out of the boat a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him this man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained, hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When Jesus saw him from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his lungs, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me! For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. So that's in the Bible. 
<laughs> yeah, it was no. appropriately dramatic. I try, but no, it's a really cool thing. Honestly, that line, I am Legion, for we are many, it really hits. It's a cool concept. There's not a lot of stuff like that in in the Bible, at least how it's translated, about, you know, it's just this man, he's torn up on the inside with demons, just pulling him different directions, not being able to control himself, but at the same time, all of those demons, all of everything that's inside of him, battling, fighting, terrified of someone who can actually have the power to control them. And that's that's fairly appropriate for Legion as a character. Yeah, now I mean, that you've read it out, I understand where you were coming from and everything completely. Oh, yeah. So, about about Legion as a character, he was created by Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz, who Chris Claremont had a ridiculous 17-year run on the book X-Men. Uh, he started all the spinoffs with New Mutants, Wolverine, Excalibur. He's the single most important creator in X-Men history and up there in comic book history, but I'm a little biased. The uh, the artist on this, Bill Sienkiewicz, he's a pretty abstract artist as far as comic book art goes. He's very sketchy. He does a lot of stuff that isn't really common in the media. He even, uh, at least later, not at the time of New Mutants, but he started incorporating like collages and a bunch of stuff into his comics and it it turns into this bizarre kind of fractured world he actually uh and this is a deep cut in the bill sinkevich uh discography whatever the equivalent for writing is but he uh did this he did this hardcover on Jimi hendrix it was put out by i think random house or penguin some some big publisher back in the early 90s and it's this beautiful beautiful laid out thing where it jumps between memories and you know what was happening in the present time and it's all blurred and it's just got this dreamy quality and that's a uh, that's real present in his work now matt how familiar are you with bill sinkevich because i'm i'm a big fan of his I'll well, I, mean, like, obviously I had no idea about the Jimi hendrix thing yeah that's and... a that's a deep gut yeah i've i believe i've read lecture assassin Mm-hmm. Which is obviously the book he did with Frank Miller in the eighties, which is kind of, I guess, that point where his style becomes kind of more refined in that way of like collages and abstractness. Right. And then there's also, is it Daredevil? I think it's Daredevil: Love and War, which is the thing he did with Miller around the same time, based around the Kingpin that's... and his wife Vanessa. Yeah, that's the one with the Kingpin, who's just a mountain of a human. Yeah, like th- he does really interesting things with perspective there, it's like like a power kind of way to show him as this big hulking figure yeah he bill sinkevich is less interested in reality and being a you know perfect draftsman than he is with nailing the emotion and the tone and getting what he's trying to make you feel come across in the art which i mean that's made that's made him one of my favorite guys i not not the least of which because he started a lot of that with his New Mutants run. Hmm. See, I like I haven't read that. So, like I, I like of the Daredevil stuff. It's like it's not my favorite part of the Miller run, but I do like right. it. And, like I can also like appreciate how vivid and interesting it is. It's like this like stylistic format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's a he's a good guy. But his uh, New Mutants run with Chris, 
Chris Claremont. It started uh, kind of a year and a half into the New Mutants book. It was it was a fine book then. It wasn't anything special, but he elevated the art and the story with uh, stuff like the Demon Bear Saga, which is one of the most well-known things from New Mutants. And then jumping pretty soon after into this story with Legion. Now, Legion is the son of Charles Xavier, Professor X, the leader of the X-Men. He's his son with an Israeli woman named Gabrielle Haller. Now, in the official canon, Gabrielle was a Holocaust survivor who Charles was working with. Charles was working in the Middle East during his youth, trying to help out there. And he met Gabrielle, and they had a relationship, but they split. Charles left, and she never told him that he was pre- that she was pregnant. She gave birth to David, and David was a rough kid. I mean, they grew up in uh, Paris. She was an ambassador for Israel, and there was a terror attack there, and David's stepfather died in front of him. His house was destroyed, and after that, he was catatonic. He he got up. He just couldn't deal with life is what people expected i mean they used their 1985 uh version of psychology to to give to say that he had autism and it didn't really mesh with it you're going to find out a lot especially in comics mental illness is poorly defined and oh boy it is (laughs) and definitely not used in the way that's appropriate for you know reality but yeah, in the comics, they say he has autism and uh, schizophrenia. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm aware enough to know that their uses of that are not in line with everything that's realistic. It's not in the DSM. So he gets diagnosed, and Gabrielle takes him to Muir Island. Muir Island's a mutant research facility run by Moira McTaggart, who was played by Rose Byrne in the... Uh, x-men movies so they go there and eventually there's just problems at more muir island and moira calls charles xavier to come and kind of assess the situation him still not knowing that you know david's his son there so eventually david uh, he actually absorbs a couple of the psyches of some of the people who work at more muir island including uh rain uh, sinclair the mutant known as wolfsbane and so Charles and the New Mutants go in there, try and uh, rescue her, try and figure out what's going on. And what they find is in David's fragile, fractured psyche, there's three aspects that are there. A guy named uh, Jack Wayne, who is, he is a man's man, and, you know, reflected through the lens of, like, 1940s ideas. So he's kind of misogynistic, he's kind of a jerk, He's kind of, you know, big, burly, strong guy. We're talking like a Don Draper kind of person, then? Don Draper? If Don Draper was also Indiana Jones. Oh, okay, so yeah. Yeah, he's a... He would definitely be going hunting for big game on the safari. So that that's Jack Wayne. He has a telekinesis, so he can move things with his mind. And then there's also a Cindy. Cindy's a teenage girl. She's a runaway, rebellious, and she's a pyrokinetic she can create fire just out of nothing and they're both uh trying to work against this third aspect no uh whose name is uh, jamal 
And Jamal was actually, uh, he is a mental representation of the terrorist leader from the attack that David suffered long ago. And he controls uh, telepathy. He can read minds. And what actually ends up happening is Jamal, after he, you know, his psyche got absorbed or imprinted or what have you in David, he learned empathy. He found out, oh, I was doing some horrible things. Turns out suicide attacks are not nice. They're bad for everyone. And he tried, he's kind of dedicated his life. He says, well, I'm stuck in here. I can try and find some sort of redemption by helping David bring his mind back together. So he works, he works to try and bring David to some form of comic sanity where the other two are trying to take control over his mind and, you know, have their personalities run rampant. The new mutants end up being able to stop it. David and Charles reconnect. They realize who each other is and, you know, Charles ends up going back to the school, leaving David in Moira's care. And David stops being canatonic and starts to starts to kind of experience life. And it's it's a fantastic arc. It's three issues, uh, New Mutants 26, 27, and 28. Great art, a really engaging story, and they do a really good job showing the mental landscape. Now, Legion, he stayed around with the X-Men kind of as a second-tier character for a while. He was on Muir Island, and during the end of Claremont's run, there was a big, big focus on that with a character called the Shadow King possessing him, taking up taking over Muir Island and kind of unlocking some of David's potential. And he started just, you know, three person, three or four personalities, a couple of powers, and that grew over time. He actually ended up being able to tell or travel back through time using one of his fractured psyches, one of his abilities. He killed his father in the past, which created the Age of Apocalypse future, which is a really fun little side tangent of the X-Men that got stopped by a, a character called Bishop who went back in time to stop Legion from killing his father back in the past and it becomes this big, you know, serpentine golden tale of comic book logic, but David essentially kills himself and writes himself out of existence preventing him from ever being born until like 15 years later when a character called Magic Ileana Rasputin uses brings him back from the you know fractured edges of times time and space to uh use him as a weapon against these big cthulhu demons that had been her the thorn in her side for years and in that he started to get more and more personalities more and more powers and he seemed almost unstoppable he was able to start to command them at will be able to do whatever he needed he kind of had a walking plot solving ability he had whatever the writers needed and that actually ended up working really well in his biggest focused run Cy Spurrier's arcs on uh, X-Men Legacy now Matt have you read X-Men Legacy yeah yeah that's like my well like one of my kind of favorite X runs like up there with yeah. Queens and Sonishing Morrison's new X-Men yeah so I like Mike Carey a lot I've actually interviewed him for Xavier Files great guy and he wrote a lot of the other runs of X-Men Legacy yeah, that's but Cy like Spurrier stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, from Supernovas up through all the stuff with Rogue and Age of X, which was another alternate reality that Legion happened to cause on accident. He's done that a few times. But uh, his X-Men Legacy run uh, with Legion, it was this great examination of a character who had been used as a plot device. He had been used pretty much to do things that no one else could do and do them in a realistic real or believable manner and to create a couple of alternate universes. That was all Legion did. He was a character that needed a lot more attention because he's a crazy cool concept. I mean, he has he has the power to have all the powers, but he can't control them. And I think that's a really that's a great way to look at an omega level ultimately powered guy. Yeah, it's like that kind of catch 22 kind of monkey's paw thing which makes it so possible for like to backfire that you could write anything about it. Mhm. Not. Yeah, it's it's a great run. They actually have a uh, omnibus coming out real soon for pretty cheap that anyone who's interested that's what they should pick up or find the issues digitally on Comixology or Marvel Unlimited. Hmm. It's, it's like 1 to 24. Yeah, yeah, one to twenty-four, and then twenty-five was the one with forget me. Oh yeah, yeah. Also a great issue, not related to any of this, though. We'll probably get into it, but I bet forget forget me not is one of those weird, obscure, never will be in the movies, but definitely could be in a TV show character. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that stuff, but yeah, it's uh, Cy Spurrier and most of the arts by Tangen Hood, with covers by uh, Mike Del Mundo who does yeah. the oh. best covers in the industry. Yeah, like that, I think that was my introduction to Del Mundo as well. Yeah. So that's uh, that's mostly Legion. He's, mm. he's a character with a lot of interesting powers, with a lot of interesting things to do, always trying to figure out what makes him work. Like, he's trying to find himself. He knows there's thousands of thousands of aspects to him, just living inside, warring, battling, trying to figure and trying for control and what david's trying to do is not be this legion not be this walking mass of plot contrivances but to be a real person yeah to be it's himself a, it's a guy with all of these identities but he just he would like to have one that he can call his own really yeah it's it's a great take on the character it's a great very different superhero story so i'd encourage anyone especially if you're interested in this show dig out that character because i can i can put money down that this show would not have happened without that run there's no way so speaking of the show it's probably a big thing that we'll be talking about <laughs> it's going to be important so legion it's going to be on fx and it's about this guy david holler who was diagnosed with schizophrenia and has been in psychiatric care for a very long time until he realizes maybe there's more to him than his disability than his illness it's uh being uh being ran by noah hawley matt tell me a little bit about noah hawley okay so noah hawley is the showrunner of fargo which is kind of taking the ideas of the coen brothers movie and like the kind of general themes and applying it to these brand new tales so uh kind of season one stars martin freeman he's this guy called Lester nygaard and he and in, you know, in the same way the Cohen characters always end up in trouble kind of through unperceived circumstances, he finds himself kind of embroiled in this 
horrific accident and then season two jumps back 30 years to kind of tell almost like you know like uh, season one has like this kind of throw throwaway line and then season two kind of expands on that and kind of fleshes out and it does so much a lot more than season one kind of stylistically and quite simply it's like the masterpiece of the past 10 years and like if you ask me to think of kind of one season that i like i would recommend without question of the past 10 years it would be season two of fargo yeah i'm currently on the i think fourth or fifth episode of season mm-hmm. one i watched it because i figured hey noah holly's running this show this is where he got big this is why he got you know the ability to do this mm-hmm. i should probably see what what's up what's so special about it and let me tell you what this thing's good yeah like this is what i want to be watching so mm-hmm. i'm i'm really enjoying that right now yeah and then he's also written I, th- I believe five books one of them came out last year called before the fall which is about this guy who finds himself kind of in a plane crash and it kind of works through his life after that but it also kind of jumps back and reveals how all of the other characters on the plane reach that position yeah noah hawley he looks like it's he looks like he's going to be doing a lot with this show uh one of the things and this is probably the biggest question about the show at least until recently, where people asking, is this going to connect to the, you know, Marvel universe? Is this going to connect to the X-Men movies that Fox has been doing? And actually just recently, I think it was an article yesterday that ran on IGN. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Laura Donner, uh, yeah, Laura Schuler Donner, who's been an executive producer on everything that Fox has been doing with the X-Men. She was trying to get the movies made in the 90s, all this stuff. She came out and definitively said, hey, this is set with X-Men characters, this has X-Men stuff, but this isn't you know, tied into the X-Men timeline that Brian Singer's been doing for the last 17 years. And Matt, how do you, how do you feel about that? I know there's a uh, little bit of controversy back and forth from the stuff I've been reading, but what's your what's your take on it? I, I'm kind of overjoyed because of the fact that, like, I'm, I'm a fan of the X-movies kind of outside of like x3 and uh origins but oh you mean that you mean the dumpster fires yeah exactly (laughs) but you know even like apocalypse like i don't think it's fantastic but there was never any point in it where i was like this is an outrage give the rights back to marvel or anything apocalypse was an enjoyable bad movie it was fine it wasn't cinema yeah that's fair and like (laughs) i think just letting hawley do his own thing because like you know this is like such a interesting character who kind of has all of these possibilities open to him so i think making sure all of those possibilities are available as opposed to being like you kind of have to adhere to this continuity we've set up in a way is you know like that it's kind of restricting them like you kind of if we want to talk about like the marvel cinematic universe shows they're kind of limited in what they can do they can't really be like oh now daredevil's gonna fight ultron because of that one time in the comic (laughs) yeah i mean look i I am a fan of the, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe hashtag. It's all connected and all that stuff, but in a very real way, all that stuff is lip service and fan service to the idea that everyone's in the same universe. Hmm. But it doesn't do a ton to the character work. It does a, it does a lot with world building, and it helps you realize, oh, okay, so this is where they're living in. Like uh, the last episode of Agents of Shield. There was a character who specifically said he took insurance out on himself in case robots overcame the world and killed him. 
and that his brother was going to be very rich because they were fighting a robot who wanted to take over the world. And that only works. That only makes any sort of sense in a world where there was a robot who destroyed a Eastern European country and was going to use it as a meteor to destroy the rest of the world. That's the only way that line isn't insane. And it works for stuff like that. Hmm. But it should never come at the expense of quality storytelling. And it should never come at the expense of being handcuffed to something that someone said in some movie on a throwaway line six years ago. And that's something that I really feel like the, uh, you know, you get with not tying this to the X-Men movies. Because that franchise, it's as convoluted as the comics. And yeah, trying to make it fit, all you're going to do is be like, well, you know, Professor X was actually this old at this time. So him having a 25, 30-year-old son doesn't make sense, but maybe it does. But just you throw all that out the window, enjoy the trappings of the X-Men and see where it goes with it. Mm. At least that that's my take on it. Yeah, no, I think that's like the right thing to have because you know as it stands like neither of us have seen anything of it but we also kind of don't know what to expect and that's like ridiculously exciting about it. So excited to not know what to expect. I was talking to my wife when we uh, watched Doctor Strange in theaters and you know we're mm. sitting between the end credits and the end credit sequence. And yeah. I, she leans over and she's talking about how much she liked it and I said, "You know what, babe?" I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, but I knew what every single beat was going to be right up until the end. Because I know, okay, it's Doctor Strange. He has to have these four things happen, and this movie's only this long, so you know, how's everything going to line up? What's going to happen? It didn't have any sense of surprise or excitement, and this, I have no idea where this is going to go. I mean, I've been... I've been looking at the Twitter feed, all the advertising they've been doing. <laughs> it looks bananas. Oh, like the promos when it's kind of uh, the camera's rotating and then it's like kind of slowly pulling out and then it's on like, on the, an mech, orbit. like the, the ball with the reflection and everything. Oh my gosh. If anything, that tells you just the stylistic tone that this show is going to be. It's not going to be a cookie cutter procedural. It's not going to be your you know, CW have to fight in this warehouse kind of thing. <laughs> it's going to be different. And that's what yeah. that's what has me most excited. I don't care if it connects. I don't I don't really care if they even mention, "Oh yeah, you know, he's he's this the kid of this bald dude who's really powerful." I care that it's going to be a great show from the from the looks of it. I mean, it's got me excited enough to want to do a podcast. That that means something. We're going to year when we're getting like Guardians 2 and Thor Ragnarok and you know all of the DC but like this is the thing that I've been most excited about since it was announced just like pu that was purely on Hall his name alone and then every single thing that we've seen has just kind of reinforced that idea that yes everyone should be excited for this and speaking of other reasons to get excited for it because I'm very good at segueing there there are <laughs> there is a fantastic cast on this so, uh, oh, yeah for sure yeah Dan Stevens is playing David he's playing you know the character Legion now, Dan, he has previously, I guess, his most famous thing would be in Downton Abbey, which I haven't watched. Yeah. Because... Uh, I've maybe seen, like, bits and pieces, but I've I mean, you know, never sat down with the intention of watching I have it. an aunt who really, really likes it, but she is also very, 
very into Jane Austen style stuff, so that's probably right up her alley. Mm-hmm. Though he did also do a Sense and Sensibility miniseries. Fun fact from his Wikipedia page. Yeah, he, he was in The Guest as well, which is a, a very kind of interesting movie because like it, it's like a kind of two thirds thriller and then goes to like a third of horror. Huh. And so like you can feel that you can feel that change in the pacing and everything like kind of starts getting sharper and picking up steam. And it's also like ridiculously well shot that's uh you know i've heard of that i've not seen it yet not seen it at all but he's also going to be in beauty and the beast in a month or so which my wife is very excited about he gets to be under 20 pounds of makeup and fur but everything i've heard from him everything i've seen he seems like he's going to be a fantastic actor for this and more important than anything else he has promised that they are building up to legion's ridiculous four foot tall haircut and i almost believe him yeah i like i can't wait to see like people slowly tracking that in the off season they released a poster for this series and it's got a oh yeah the guy mm-hmm. heads down and his hands are in his face and you just see all this stuff exploding from outside of his head and the first thing i saw that I was like that's the hair that's the hair that's the hair they're doing the hair they're at least <laughs> giving me something here and i was pumped about that and it looks like one of those great Mike Del Mundo covers, just as a. Phenomenon. Oh yeah, is, is it like the first the first issue of X Men Legacy? No, the first issue is a collage. It's like the third one where he has his top of his head cut out and everything's flying out of it. I only know that because okay, I yeah. do every issue in the last day. Okay, I found, I found them <laughs> in a dollar box at a con, and I kind of had to pull as many as I could. I'm still trying to get mm. those New Mutants issues. I'm missing. His first appearance and his second appearance. Fun fact about the stuff I'm trying to collect right now because it feels like I should own them at this point. Yeah, well, it's good. Like, they'll start appearing soon. That's the hope. So the the next member of the main cast is Rachel Keller, who was, from what I can tell, her biggest role was in that second season of Fargo that you love so much. She plays uh, Simone Gerhardt, uh, who's like, like one of the kind of secondary characters, but she has like a very... She has an arc which is like kind of entwined in the main plot, and it's kind of fascinating to see like the way she weaves between the different groups okay. of in factions and stuff. Oh, that's good. That's good. She's playing a character called named Sid Barrett, who looks to be the love interest in this. There's been a lot, not just as oh, it's a show, so there has to be a love interest. There's been a lot playing with this about how important him finding someone he connects with is someone mm-hmm. who you know, actually, you know, sees him more than just an illness, more than just his disability. And there's a lot of stuff. She seems like she's going to be a hugely important character on this show. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to kind of see how their relationship progresses. Mm. Like, like it's some, something that I'm kind of invested in in a way already. Yeah. She's also named after Sid Barrett from the band Pink Floyd. Who, oh yeah, I had that on my notes. Yeah, so she was named after Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd, and I don't know how much Pink Floyd lore you know. If you basically none. <laughs> okay, so because this also ties into this, turns out Noah Hawley is really liking these references that people kind of get. So Sid Barrett mm. was the original singer for Pink Floyd. Uh, he did their first albums uh, pretty much. I want to say everything before Dark Side of the Moon which may be the okay. most famous rock and roll album of all time. Hmm. So yeah, he uh, he did that, and he suffered from a mental breakdown. He had mental illness, substance abuse problems, 
and it distanced him from the rest of the band. And it was it was rough for everyone involved. I know uh, Roger Walters uh, specifically uh, ended up being kind of the leader of Pink Floyd after Barrett left. He really was impacted by by it. They actually, as a band, even though they, they hadn't seen him in years, he left such a mark on them that their famous album, Wish You Were Here, it has a two-part uh, track on it, one on the A side, one on the B side, called Shine On You Crazy Diamond, which spells out, you know, S space, Y space, D, Sid. There's actually a, I don't know if it's true or not, an apocryphal story of him walking into the recording studio while everyone else was playing that song and getting it, and he was, you know, behind the glass. He was completely oh, wow. shaved. They barely recognized him. He was high out of his mind. But for a moment, they saw him, and they just all everything flushed back to him. And I don't know how true it is, but it's a great story. Yeah, like kind of pulling at my heartstrings already. <laughs> so I mean, it. I think that's a. I mean, between the two character name stories we've already got, that kind of tells you where it's going. Neither of these people are regular. They aren't normal, and they're both flawed. And I'm excited to see how they go go together in the you know in the course of the series uh there's a couple other main characters gene smart's playing melanie or yeah melanie bird aubrey plaza from parks and recreation is playing a character called lenny brusker and i'm so pumped because i loved parks oh yeah parks is fantastic yeah and aubrey plaza she she's got the kind of wit and tone that you need to bring some levity to all this she's playing Mm. a character who when she was cast, the first thought I had was, oh, so she's Cindy. She's going to be that aspect of his personality. And that's not what they've said so far. But it feels like it's taking cues from that, you know, a rough and tumble kid from the streets who's still an optimist, still happy. Hmm. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Jeremy Harris is playing uh, Tommy Wallace, who's another uh, another character on there. There's not much about him yet. Uh, there's going to be apparently a group of you know powered characters and he's one of them uh okay amber mid thunder is playing another one of those characters uh carrie loudermilk uh kate i can't even pronounce her last name jenny from the league is playing david's older sister (laughs) which yeah which i okay i guess a show about american fantasy football probably isn't going to do too well in britain so you may not (laughs) recognize her no like like I know Rafi, yeah, but and then I've seen like no of the league, but I don't, I don't think it's ever made I the like the full jump that across. That's going to be a very popular topic because it's it's kind of a niche thing even here in the states. But she's a she's a good actress and she's apparently playing his or Legion's sister, which will be good. Also looks like she has a big part. She's trying to stay with her brother, trying to help him out, even though he's been challenging through the years. And then Bill uh, Irwin, he's playing another one of the uh, therapy specialists. He's going to be, I guess, a doctor on the show. Uh, beyond that, uh, Jermaine Clement from... Uh, oh, yeah, that was yeah. the main one I was going to point out. Jermaine from like... Flight of the Concords is in this. And I, I, know he, uh, I know he's stretched out and he's done more things than that. But I can't not see him as Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. So it'll be... If, every time he's seen it, because he's mostly done comedy stuff. Every time I see him, even yeah. in a role that's supposed to be dramatic, I can't... I can't divorce myself from that. Like, even the 
in What We Do in the Shadows, which was a vampire movie that came out a couple of years ago. He's playing a 16th century vampire. He's playing Dracula, but in a very real yeah, way, yeah. he's Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. And that's that'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's apparently a really good actor. I've heard good things about him, so we'll see. Yeah, I, th- I, f- I know he got, like, praise for mm-hmm. the role he had in Moana. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, this show, it came from a weird place in development it actually got announced in uh i want to say 2005 or, or 15 real di- you you tell me in 2005 that there's going to be a show about legion from x-men and i don't believe you you tell me in 2015 when it got announced that there's going to be a show about legion from x-men and i don't really believe you but here we are because at, at the same time they announced announced a hellfire club show that went oh, nowhere yeah. because as as interested as I really wasn't in this show when it got first announced, I was way more interested than I was to show about the inner workings of the Hellfire Club. I I didn't really want to see how this weird secret S and M society tries to rule the world. That didn't that didn't seem like a great you know series. But this with the cast, the crew, the creative they have behind it, I'm getting really excited about it. Yeah, like you know, it's about like three three weeks, yeah, three weeks at the time, the time of recording, recording until it comes out, and it's like like I, th- I think it's oh, like my most anticipated yeah. show. Of I know this year. Uh, actually just today some of the first reviews came back. Yeah, it came back and it's come back very very positive right now. It seems like it's kind of everything that you could have hoped for in this. The the kind of obscure stuff, the not being like anything else on TV, and that's the important thing. I because yeah. I've seen a bunch of TV. <laughs> I'm so excited to see something that's never really been done before, something that's unique, something that messes with the format, something that goes above being a show based on comics. Because that's what that's what everyone's expecting. Yeah. They don't even get how obscure the character is. I know there's everyone talking about, oh yeah, all the Legion comic books in the past. And I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, all 24 of them. All <laughs> one run of them that came out a few years ago. Yes, it's based off of that kind of, I guess. But no, it's I'm real excited about this. Now, what what kind of expectations do you have for the show? Uh, like honestly, so kind of in preparation for this, I did kind of like brief scanning of interviews and reaction stuff because it was shown at a New York Comic Con. I I think I've just come to expect that I'm not going to be able to expect what to come. Like you know, everyone's saying like it has such a different feel to everything else they've seen superhero wise, and you know the the promos and everything are just. It, you know, it's it's more than TV, it's like kind of filmmaking in general. And a little tidbit that I found out the other day, because uh, there's a podcast called The Watch, which is, you know, part of like the Ringer Network, and one of the guys who does that is Andy Greenwald, who used to be a TV critic, but he was invited by Hawley to join the room, like the writer's room and everything. And there, he said their homework, like, in preparation for writing was to watch Paolo Sorrentino's The Great Beauty, which is a movie about a 65-year-old man in Italy who, you know, originally like, wrote a book very young and then kind of had, like, a comfortable socialite life. And it's like, I, I have no idea how why why that would be homework or, like, how that's going to relate to this. But I'm, just, like, excited to see how. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's the big thing on this show for me is that I don't know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be good, though. And I am... I am psyched for that. So, uh, the one thing we want to do, since this is our first episode, and we obviously haven't seen the show yet, wanted to kind of give you a heads up of what the rest of this podcast is going to be like. Uh, This podcast is going to 
go episode by episode. It's going to recap, review, just discuss the show a lot, go over some fan theories that might be popping up. We'll answer questions that people have, at least bring them up, and trying to figure out what's happening with that because I think it'll be an interesting discussion. It looks like a show that there's going to be a lot to dig into, which will be, it's not going to be straightforward. Mm. I'm sure we'll think something's going to happen and we're going to be way off base and then we'll be the ones who actually haven't recorded and look like idiots for it. So, but no, that'll be good. So, you know, as we're wrapping up here, Matt, where can people find you online if they want, you know, more about, you know, follow you, see what's going on. Okay. So I have a Twitter. It's Matt underscore Sibley. And, you know, like, it's something that I'll just kind of use for general use. I'm going to aim to use it more now that I kind of have this presence in this way. But you can also find me at Newsarama. I'm part of the Best Shots Review team. And so I you know, generally have stuff up in the Thursday roundup and then hopefully some kind of bigger full-length reviews, either Wednesdays right. or Mondays. And as far as I go, you can find me at Xavier Files on Twitter, uh, XavierFiles.com. And that's actually going to be the main site that's going to be hosting a lot of this stuff. So there'll be... I haven't gotten the URL or anything set up for it yet, but there'll be a link to all the shows there. Uh, if you like what you've heard on this podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, Google Play. It's all there. You can see uh, what you want to listen to. If you like the show and want to hear more updates, follow us at LegionQuest on Twitter. Uh, if you are real happy with it, you can also go in onto a Patreon at Patreon slash Xavier Files and support the show. That helps us with uh, hosting and things like that. And it should be a good time. I'm excited to see where this takes us. Sound uh, sound about good, Matt? See you in, what, three-ish weeks? Yeah. All right, see you guys then.